When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deliberations. We're going to start with best drama. This is a biggie. Uh, you know, no particular order to enjoy these. Uh, spoilers for everything. Uh, th- th- yeah, th- just just watch. If you're confused, watch the rewards award ceremony. And if you still want more information, come back to these deliberations. Um, let's start. Uh, we're let's quick to the top, float to the bottom. Reacher. Okay. Are are we gonna run through the nominees? Or are we good? Just uh, there's so we'll many, and we're gonna have yeah. to go through them in 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 order anyway. That we'll get a chance to talk to all of them uh, about there all of them. There are a so. lot of shows this year that we want. Twenty five. Twenty five. Reacher. Could, I Reacher. Mean, float it, right. It's gonna it's float the top already. Uh, uh, yeah. It's gonna float the bear to the top. To the motherfucking top. Oh. Uh, and or to, to the, the top. MF and top. 1899. Oh, he puts it under the bear. He says to the top. Oh, but it doesn't I'm go sorry. To the top. I'm sorry. It was it was <laughs> the order of operations. It's at the top now. 1899. I say float. Yeah, I mean, in light of the cancellation, certainly, but like, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't as good as Andor the bear. Come on, uh, Picard season two to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, to the bottom. <laughs> What to the shit. bottom with the card. Uh, Walking Dead season <laughs> to 11. To the bottom. To the oh. bottom. Get out of here. To the bottom. To the, to the <laughs> tippy don't bottom. See you again. Uh, to the biggie bottom. Physical season two. This is you. This is all you. Yeah, I, I made it through the first six episodes and I I dropped off of this, not because it's bad or anything, just because I got busy. Um, Sounds so like a it, floater. It'll float. it'll float. Sounds like a floater. Uh, the Gilded Age, same. Uh, Carrie Coon uh, is at various stages pregnant and or naked. Uh, despite all that, uh, I was very meh. I, I'm I'm going hmm. to I'm I'm really look. I'll talk about more of this later. Let's just say float for now. Okay. Uh, the Severance, the Severance to the top, to the top. Uh, for all mankind, I think it's got to go uh, to the to top. The top. Yeah. Maybe not with a rocket, ironically, but to the top. <laughs> the Boys Season 3. To the top. To the top. Uh, Stranger Things into... 4, a much less reserved to the top. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, we own this city. I, I'm i a to the top on this. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All the way to the top. Uh, boy, we have, a, mm. we have a rash of tops. Um, the Offer. I want to go to the top. I think it's controversial, but not with me to the fucking yeah. top. Star Trek Strange New Worlds to the top to the top. I like that. Uh, Better Call Saul season six to the top. Uh, can I say that I am five episodes into season five? Oh, all right. Well, you got a long way to go. I got a long way to go. I got essentially three more half seasons mm-hmm. and then probably Plus, then some. Uh, little, I'm probably yeah. one fifth of the way through. Yeah. Season six is a little longer. 
Uh, I plan on watching a lot this weekend too, though, so I, I might be able to catch up. Um, winning Boy. time. Now I know you didn't see this, but mm-hmm. I want to go all the way to the top with it. All right. I'll make my defense later. Um, Shining Girls. I, I didn't, didn't see fin- this. This was Elizabeth Moss squaring mm-hmm. off against a time and dimensional skipping serial killer. And it's a very huh. cool concept that I just couldn't quite make myself interested in. And for that, it's going to float. Okay. Uh, Pachinko, we both watched the pilot episode, were both impressed, and both did not return to Pachinko. Uh, Michelle is going mm-hmm. to drag us, but, you know, she's got pretty big beef with the succession. Oh, scandal yeah. of Bald yeah. Blue's continue ignoring of succession. Uh, I, I got to say, it got to float. I can't take, send it to the top or the bottom. Yeah, same here. House of the Dragon. To the top. Uh, to the top. Okay, House of the Dragon. Hot D is at the top. Westworld Season 4. Float. Yeah, it's not a bottom. It's not bottom worthy. Nah. Boy, Sandman is getting a week to the top. I wish I could send it to the middle, huh. uh, because it doesn't deserve to be at the top. But it's not. It doesn't deserve to be, you know, below the Gilded Age. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Rings of Power to the bottom. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Half billion dollars get to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. This is all you, boo. Yeah, uh, take this to the top. To the for no other reason than I want to talk about it in 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 fair detail. Okay, okay, okay. I wonder if people find this tedious. Our constant sending things to the top. It, it does. It, it it does separate. Oh, like, it like, makes like it so it's much centrifuge. easier. It separates yeah. cream from the crap. So uh, then we finally have Ozark season four. Another one that's all you. Uh, I'll float this. I, I really it. like Ozark, but it is not anybody's like best show of the year. <laughs> okay. And that brings us back to the bottom. Speaking of the crap, Picard season two, Walking Dead season 11, Rings of Power <laughs> season one. You know, I don't know that season Walking Dead season 11 needs to be this low, but we'll we'll see where it shakes out. <laughs> now things get a little tough, tougher. Oh, it's going to be oh, tough yeah. off the, bat, the top of the bat is... I haven't seen Cabinet of Curiosities. You haven't seen Sandman. I've seen all of Sandman. How much of the Cabinet of Curiosities have you seen? I saw it all. Okay. It, it's an anthology show. It's not like a, a continuing story. Every episode, they have just a little like horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are gross. Some of them, a lot of them are gross, actually. Uh, some Boy, of them are very like hp lovecraft esque all right um, and like in that. some cases literally hp lovecraft uh is in the freaking show why not he's um, in the public domain it's free real estate right but yeah it's got it's got some really amazing performances in it that surprised me because i don't think of those people as really great actors but he's able to get a lot out of them um for example <laughs> crispin glover uh shit. Yeah, that's a pretty strong taste. That's a pretty strong brew. And he is definitely like pulling no crispin punches in that. Uh 
but he's actually perfect for the role that they cast him how in. many locks of hair does he pull off a young woman's head and smell him how how how, how creepy crispin are we getting here probably not zero <laughs> uh tim blake nelson is in one he's excellent love him love him. uh kate kate mccucci does what might be the best performance of that entire thing andrew lincoln is in an episode Get and he's out. fantastic He's in the best episode of the season, in my opinion. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to have to watch this. I'm going to have to watch this. I think you would like it. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, F. Murray Abraham is in a really good one. It's It's got Love a him. great cast. Wow, Glenn, Thur- Glenn Turman. cast. Dr. Senator. He's also yeah, in Yeah, no, the... yeah. Dr. Senator. Uh-huh. Sure. Wow. That is a stellar cast. Um, Martin Stone. What can I say about Sandman? Uh, this is a you know comic graphic novel novel series that has always been talked about in hushed tones but i've never actually engaged with it um hmm. and it is a very interesting macabre um kind of dreamy meditation on you know changing and experiencing loss and dealing dealing with grief and inadequacies through the lens of this uh, god of sleep and his interaction with his other brothers and sisters who are also represent primal forces such as death and desire, mm. um, rat, things like that. Um, it's got really interesting lore and mechanics. It's beautiful. Uh, it's really well realized. I, I really enjoyed it. It has a great David Thewlis villain. Like the best, the best Thulis villain I've seen since uh, season three of Fargo. And I was a hell of a Thulis villain standout. And then that's it it felt you mentioned because I almost made a joke about, well, an anthology can't possibly beat a scripted season of television. But this Sandman did feel very anthology. Like the first two or three episodes Hmm. felt like an arc. The next two or three episodes felt like an arc. They had a standalone two-episode run that came after the main season, which was kind of bizarre. Um, but they were all good, and I guess they all felt like very faithful adaptations of a particular novel or graphic novel. Because uh, my wife had seen them all, and she was kind of like cooling me in. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, one of my big regrets is uh, my mother's death precluded my participation. I, I had another podcast outfit that was going to have me on to discuss one of his episodes. And it happened to mm. got scheduled out like during the funeral weekend. And honestly, that whole six to eight week stretch of dealing with the immediate aftermath of that was no good anyway. But mm. I, I, yeah, I never really got to talk about this with anyone in any kind of organized way. So, hmm. Uh, it's it's a it's a particular taste, but if you like kind of like you know those, it was a good spooky season show, a good winter show. Uh, I recommend if you have any affection at all for the source material, or have always been curious like I, I think they did a really good job. Some of the special effects are really cool. Like uh, there's a few times, you know, most of the time, Dream, who is the uh, the main protagonist of the series, just looks like a dude. He looks kind of like Robert Smith. Uh, but when right. sometimes when he's channeling his god powers, his eyes kind of glitter darkly in this very kind of peculiar kind of cosmic way that I thought was really cool. Um, it, it, you know what? It, if if you were a big fan of American God season one, I think you'd really like this. That's what it was sounding like to me. Yeah, because American Gods hat was a particular itch that I liked scratched, and it kind of went you know bad places. Uh, 
In fact, I don't even think I watched the last season because it was it got to be such a train wreck. But this is kind of like back to that broadly American mythological neo uh, uh, urban fantasy kind of stuff that I that I have a weakness for. So yeah, Sandman. I can't say I would put it over Guillermo del, del Toro's, and I think there's going to be yeah, there's I, plenty I, to go above both of those. Exactly. So. For example, House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to go to the top for me. Any any argument? Zero. And I don't know that it needs much preface uh, or explanation either. It's the most popular show on our network since Game of Thrones went off the air. It single-handedly brought all... like it, it. Not only did it win over a reluctant fan base, but it felt like all of the enthusiasm people had for Game of Thrones, the property, and the universe was mm-hmm. instantly rekindled. Yeah. Like it felt like instantly going back in like the 2017 on Twitter on Sunday nights where just like everybody was talking about it. everybody's obsessed about it. The memes were hilarious and top tier. Um mm-hmm. it it did what I thought was was impossible, which is completely kind of wash out the bitter aftertaste of the last season or two of Game of Thrones and get everybody just immediately reinvested. With fairly difficult source material. I mean, all the time jumps mm-hmm. they had to do, it wasn't an easy story to tell, and I feel like they nailed it. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, back with more Bald Move. Oh, I was openly skeptical. Like, this mm-hmm. is like, you know, you read a Game of Thrones and it's a fucking barn burner and like all the beats right, are there right. like of season one. It's like, oh, I understand when I was reading Fire and Blood. uh, I was like, I don't know about this. This seems like kind of lurid, poorly written in universe Wikipedia articles, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. they really found the core compelling personalities the way they they kind of brought the unreliable narration where it's like you're not quite sure like do people can watch the same stuff and draw different conclusions uh the way they kind of like surprise i think book only readers or book 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 readers as well as show watchers is good mm-hmm. stuff man and the community man that green versus black that tapped into some kind of wwe vince mcmahon wrestling fandom villain face stuff that is going to be extremely powerful in seasons to come I think yeah what more can you say it might be the best drama of the year we'll see it's in the running Uh, winning time so this is a me only thing I think you would like this because it's of an era of basketball that you would familiar you know like the big rivalry between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird you probably don't weren't there for it but you know the personalities involved and seeing them as Mm -hmm. rookies uh playing their way through the league uh jerry buss is such a fantastic character adrian brody is a shit arnold schwarzenegger but 
he was born to play Pat Riley, as far as I can tell. Oh, and okay. knowing where where Pat Riles Riley goes and where he's at in this thing is super fascinating. Uh, oh my God, Jerry West, the logo. Like, there's so much ain't so much foundational NBA history here. But like turning into the, you know, you can see the NBA transforming into what it will become during like Jordan years, and it's just, 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 just shows just relentlessly entertaining, perfectly cast. Uh, so, you know, like it doesn't seem that interesting that this millionaire dude buys the Lakers on what feels like a whim, and then tries to turn it into a winning, you know, not just a winning franchise, but a profitable. Like he's he's got ideas of how to transform the league from sleepy time white guy hour to like fast and furious, high flying dunks, cheerleaders at courtside, and just watching this kind of crazy guy played by John C. Riley do this. Is just it's just wildly entertaining. Um, mm. Love it, love it. It it might be one of my, it might be my favorite thing that came out this year. But oh my god, it's a good year. Yeah. So now, Sandman is better. Uh, than that, I think it's better than Sandman, and okay. it's better than Guillermo del Toro. It's not going to be quite. Obviously, you haven't seen that, so it would be better. But yeah, I haven't seen Winning Time, so I can't say it's not better. This I is going for. My, have, I'm also going for. I'm also kind of waiting it for public because, like, there was quite a bit of people writing about Winning Time. The other two, not so much. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Cabinet Curiosities was a Netflix drop that you know came and went as Netflix drops do. Yeah. And um, as much as I like Winning Time, and I say it might be my favorite, it cannot beat the experience that was House of the Dragon. You know. Um, so we now Here's come to thing. your time to wax poetic about Better Call Saul season six, the final yeah, installment man. in the Breaking Badiverse. And that's the thing, right? It's not just to the end for Better Call Saul, it's the end for Breaking Bad, theoretically. Um Better Call Saul season six. It came out in two parts, first of all. Um there was an early year season six part one and a later year season six part two gotta love the amc two-step yeah like a month off or something um and i i I don't know that anything i can say is gonna like impress you enough to push it up this list to number one but i think there are a lot of people maybe myself included who did think it was the best show of the year um really it it brings a close to Saul as a character in a way that like encompasses him so fully that I was kind of surprised by it. I, I didn't see like all of the Gene stuff, all of the Saul stuff, all of the Jimmy stuff. It all comes together in this perfect way. All, all of the Kim stuff. It's It's like they've created this, entirely new character that we never saw in Breaking Bad and they've built him up they've created a world around him and it is just all perfectly orchestrated with these three different timelines to come together at the end in a really powerful way I I mean it's it's the perfect ending for a character and that's the thing I can say about this season is every time I thought ah man I don't know if they can justify this move like what what is what is Kim doing saying, hey, let's get married because you lied and you made me look like a fool in front of my entire uh, staff at my law firm. 
Spoilers. I mean, yeah, we're <laughs> deliberating these shows. We're going to spoil them. Uh, and I think that's a season five spoiler or whatever. But time and time again, this show like went out on a fucking limb and started sawing and then somehow had a net there to catch themselves. And not, and not just to like say, well, okay, I guess that makes sense. But like to weave it into the character and the essential qualities of that person way better than I ever expected and, and make me understand why they would do such a thing. It seems like a big Villa gang hallmark, the whole like painting yourself into a quarter, going yeah. like for these like, you know, like that. that and they, they did it with you. the plot a lot with Breaking Bad. They do it with yeah. character here. Interesting. More so with with Better Call Saul. And I'm I, I think the character study of of the two leads of Jimmy and Kim is like some of the strongest character work that I've seen done, period. And it just it it, it really impressed me. Uh, as far as the plot goes, I think it moved really well. I think the pacing was really strong uh, for a two-parter extra long season. Uh, they had a lot of stuff they were wrapping up with Lalo this season and, and Nacho and all of the kind of side characters that you think of in this also got their due. Um, but they wrap all that stuff up in time to really give attention to the Jimmy, Saul, Kim gene stuff that's good because i will say that like you know five episodes into season five i was really excited by the cold open the black and white set it's because like it promises you know it's, it ends with gene hanging up you know he calls robert forrester he wants the extraction and uh-huh. then he's like you know what i'm gonna handle this myself i'm like wow this is going like, a lot wow, of places <laughs> and then it's like we're back into what i call the mid-season morass of of jimmy where you know He's doing this and doing that. And I'm like, I don't know. And then we get to like episode four or five. I can't remember which. And Hank and Gomi show up. And I'm like, oh, right. Yes, uh-huh. of course. They would be DEA agents in Albuquerque. And they would be investigating this thing. And the way that ties in, you bring in Crazy 8 into the mix. And I'm really liking the Lalo character as a, as yeah, a, as a foil yeah. to Gus. And I'm starting to think like, and man... It's it's starting to make Gus an interesting villain again. Whereas I felt like season four did so much to like the damages mystique. So like I can see, yeah, I'm I. It's still feeling very deliberate. Uh, it's still oh, like it the is. other thing I... is like Mike is so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jonathan Banks is so old. Like watching him beat up like twenty year old, <laughs> like go against a, a group of eight. 20 year old gangsters and right just completely always come out on top is a little goofy but i'm digging it i'm digging it so far i still cannot believe right. it's everyone's consistence best but like i you know oh, i'm not I, gonna I doubt think it's everyone's uh, i i i would not call it everyone's consistence best but it is up there it is talked about in those terms i'm not gonna and, doubt and I will say it's, Pete, it's not sure. perfect i think um well what is i had some real problems with some of the pacing uh there were a couple of episodes near the end of season six where i was like okay do we really need a whole episode to say this particular thing Mm. i think that's going to be way better for you on a binge watch because you can just move on to the next episode enjoy the episode for what it is that's that's amazing and also i am so much loving not having to have a take like not <laughs> yeah, not having this like because like some of those episodes feel like they go on forever and there's not much that happens and I'm like well it's interesting uh-huh. but like oh thank God I don't have to talk for 45 minutes about this oh thank God 
Yeah, there so. are there are a couple of like heistish episodes that mm-hmm. you'll get to that that feel like that too. Um, like, well, was it juice juice worth the squeeze? And I think it will be on on a binge watch certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me this was as good as House of the Dragon. Yeah, uh, to hmm. the top. That's what I'm, I'm debating in my own mind here. Do I want to? I think it was better than House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. It's hard to say better because better means so many different things. Like, are we talking about right. as an absolute artistic piece? Are we talking about uh, how much fun it was the podcast? Are we talking about how much look we look forward to the night it premiered? Are we, you know, how fun it is? Just did, like did it leave a, a smile on your face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say for what it is like comparing a season six of a show that is run now through two series essentially and this being the culmination of that versus house of the dragon which is a return to form for another property but a season one i i want to put better call Saul over house of the dragon slightly boy i don't know well that's that i know this is the hard part right is like you haven't seen it i know you know yeah well, we got a couple other contenders because I don't know we that did, Hot D sure. is the number is going to be the number one for me. Uh, there's going to be some strong contention. Uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I think this needs to go up, but it's going to have a hard time getting past Winning Time. Maybe Winning Time, certainly okay. not Hot D. I mean, it's certainly not Hot D for me. So you make the call on Winning Time. Um, All right, let's let's uh, we can revalue because right now we got Better Call Saul season six, Hot D, Strange New Worlds is our top three. Strange uh, New Worlds is like a return to form in my mind for Star Trek, um, and I didn't see it coming because this is the exact yeah, yeah. same team that shits up Discovery and uh, Picard, mm-hmm. and I didn't think they could do just a straight up Star Trek like you know with a little bit of wonder, with a little bit of social commentary. Lots of aliens the week. Mm-hmm. Like I really the uh Yeah, and there's also like I don't want to do too many spoilers, but like I do feel like a lot that there's a lot more jeopardy to the main crew in this than I have ever felt in any other Star Trek show. Sure. Where like most bridge like you know, you 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 can set aside like okay, Beverly's gonna disappear for a season because she was shooting uh, you know, the five minutes of uh, Hunt for Red October, okay? Uh, Natasha Yar is going to die from a blob monster because Denise Crosby's had enough. But, like, normally, you're not thinking that Jordy LaForge is going to go to a, an alien world and get killed, get fucking murdered. And mm-hmm. this Star Trek has that, like, gear, and I, 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 I found it shockingly good for its pedigree. Yeah, I think uh, Anson Mount is a great captain. Great captain. Uh, right up there with like a Captain Kirk in my mind. And you know, you know that's the other thing is like people, I, they went back to the old school of uh, Enterprise crew is just a bunch of weird trope collections. Like you're going to have the uh, uh, genetically engineered super soldier daughter. You're going to have the conflicted Vulcan alien that's caught between two worlds. You're going to have the sturdy leading man captain. You're going to have the first officer with like maybe a hidden agenda or questionable loyalty. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have an engineer that has no bedside manner and a doctor mm -hmm. that has all the bedside manner, but a deep, dark secret. Like there's, 
Uh, yeah, yeah they're painting with fat brushes, but I like the colors they're using, honestly. The, yeah, that gives you texture for the paint to hold on to, and where these characters yeah. end up seven years yeah. from now is going to be the interesting thing. So I will say some of the the Spock stuff they they leaned really heavy into like Spock romance stuff a little too in this horny. show this season little a little too horny yeah. specifically horny for Spock in a way uh, that I found a little grating because he's a serious character stuff. too it, he is yeah <laughs> he does go sex nuts every seven years and he has a complicated relationship with the pole and all that but like primarily he's a, he's a serious character that carries himself with a measure of dignity and respect and I. They got a lot of mileage over tearing that down, I thought. And that's that was yeah. one maybe maybe not even a misstep, because God knows Star Trek, the next generation was plenty fucking horny. So oh, was totally. the original series. <laughs> I mean they had statues that you would carry to tell people how horny you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... Deep Space Nine, you had the oh. Mirror Universe, which ex- it just it seemed to uh, exclusively serve to put Nana Visitor in the slinkiest, <laughs> uh, kinkiest BS- BDSM right? bondage getup. Yeah, you've got Bashir, who's just a hundred percent horny all the sure. time. Sure, you've got Dabo girls who walking wants around. And... Car- elderly Cardassian Ka- men, Dabo girl, <laughs> like Bashir was there for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I really liked that they did in strange new worlds this season was uh her you 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 uhura fuck i can't say her name (laughs) uhura her uh her storyline was really good i like that she was like this really apt student but like kind of didn't know where she was going in her life and she just kind of joined up because and this isn't the be all sure she wanted to do it right yeah yeah Everyone else, and it's it. it's it puts her aside from all the others who like you know obviously flagship mm-hmm. of the federation that everybody wants this post and she just kind of was there, yeah, because she's smart and capable but maybe mm-hmm. not as dedicated. So yeah, that, that stuff was cool. Good stuff. Um, the offer was mm, the offer yeah. good or was it just massively entertaining for something that we have a lot of affection and respect for? I think it's more the latter, but I also think it wasn't bad. The casting, like that's the thing, like the winning time and the casting are like, I think two peas in a pod. They are impeccably casted, titillating looks at a behind the scenes of something you're intimately familiar with. Like I know Mm -hmm. so much about the Godfather, even the making of the Godfather, but seeing Dan Fogler, being Mario, no, not Mario Pizzo, um, uh, Coppola. Uh, yeah, Francis Ford Coppola was just amazing. Seeing whoever they got to play young Al Pacino transform from, Dude. like, to see the actual, like, what does this nerdy theater kid look like? And as I'm an, and I'm an executive, I'm looking at his tests and his stills, and I'm like, this guy is not a fucking gangster, let alone the most dangerous one of all. But you see mm-hmm. that. Like, I fully bought that, like, I don't know if I'd hire Al Pacino for this part. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's and and I think Al Pacino is like he is very good casting, but also he's not the best casting. There is such stellar casting. Like the guy who plays uh I am totally blanking on one of the Marlon Brando. Oh is yeah. So Marlon Brando, I honestly I lost myself in that performance. He is Marlon Brando to me. Uh, And and 
Matthew Good, I cannot say enough good about Matthew Good in this show. He is so magnetic, so the voice he puts on, his demeanor, his flamboyancy, it's all just comes together into this package of a person that is a wreck, but I want to hang out with and I, I immediately like. And it's a rock solid performance portrayal of a guy like this, like the, the yes. h- unbelievable highs, the like when all the bullshit runs <laughs> out and you're just left with like, oh, my God, fraud and impo- imposter complex on a uh-huh. scale that I can't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I uh, go- uh, what's the uh, what's the something Gorman? uh the guy that plays uh, the head of Gulf Western. Oh, burn, burn, burn Gorman. Gorman. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a fun role of this, this like maniacal head of this studio who loves, or not of the studio of this Petro company that mm. just fucking loves the movies. And he's keeping his hand in it because even though it's like costing him money and he hates dealing with these artsy fartsy Hollywood types, by God, he loves the movies and that's what keeps him coming back and he can't get away from it. And it's like, he'll risk his career mm-hmm. over it. It's great. It's great. It's, it's just, it's just really entertaining. Here, here's the thing. So I think some people's complaints were, it's a little just so, and it is. I mean, I, I can acknowledge that as I'm watching it. It's like, okay, yes. yeah, th- things are happening because they need to happen. But, like, the movie got made, right? This is and not it's entirely not as, fiction. Like, 90% of this, as far as I can tell, is is the truth, the gospel truth. Right. At least according to the people who were there. And how can we tell them that it's not true? Right. So, yeah. so there's probably Hollywood magic on top of that. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. I... I I think, yes, it is a little just so, but it's so damn entertaining. And you're right. I have a I, I'm really biased by my love for the source material. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I want it higher than Cabinet of Curiosities. I was going to suggest it goes right over winning time because I think they are two peas in a pod. And since we've both seen it, um, you know, okay. the, 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 the offer and winning time are going to be welded at the hip. I don't think anything can wedge in between them. Yeah. All right. Um, now we get to an interesting one. We own this city, which I really liked. Uh-huh. It managed to surprise me. You know, like I was really interested in seeing what if there was a big, big thing that uh, uh, I, I blame David Simon and, and Pelicanos. So Simon and Pelicanos had some big statements, some big uh, addendum to their work on the wire. This felt like more of like a booster shot and some refining of like takes mm-hmm. that they had. But it was super entertaining, powerful performances by the lead characters uh, I was quite taken in by uh, Marlo Stanfield's arc. <laughs> that's I, I, that's uh, yeah. Detective uh, Sean Sean Suter Suter Suter. Yes, I was quite taken by that guy, and she's completely blown away by where that story went. I don't yeah. know if it gets over yeah. the offer. Here's the thing for me: if the offer is a story that is thoroughly entertaining i don't think we own the city as that it's kind of for me i was not super entertained by this i was more this was an intellectual exercise more than it was enjoyment um 
to, to the point where I I definitely like um, the Deuce better than this show, but I don't know that the Deuce is more important than this show. This show, yeah, has I, something I also, to say that's that's more important about right now than the yeah. Deuce ever could. But yeah. I still think the character, like me, a, a John Bernthal's, uh, uh, God, what detect Jenkins, um, ugh. ugh was yeah uh but also you had the liking before you could hate him and they show a guy like i the 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 way i the the magic this thing worked is trying to imagine the type of police officer that would go through this process and become a good Mm. police officer good police like the thing that this like that that really convinced me is like you know not the all cops are bastards i think that's a an easy slogan to throw out there but it doesn't reflect the process it doesn't reflect the reality of the police are what we want them to be and the priorities that we give them and we've consistently been giving for generate for two generations now entirely wrong missions entirely wrong incentives and mm-hmm. an entirely wrong mission to boot and I don't know how long it's going to take us to pull our heads out of our asses on this and and solve what seems to be a pretty easy fucking problem to solve. But I think this show is, yeah, like you don't need to watch all five seasons of The Wire. Just watch this. And if you want more, go back and watch sure. The Wire. But it's, it's yeah, I, I'm glad they came back and revisited. It's going to have a hard time getting over into the top five for me. Uh, do you disagree? No, I agree with that. All right. Boom. Stranger Things 4. Boy, Whiplash. This one's entertaining. <laughs> uh, is it better than We Own the City? Uh, damn. I say I yes. You, use the term better. Do we have to use the term better? Is it... Did you like it more? God. Yeah, I like it more. Did you like it more than uh, The Offer? Yeah, I like it more. Do you like it more than Star Trek Next Strange New Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. I do too, but mm-hmm. only on the strength of the final two or three episodes. Because that, that, I think sure. that, that it was a perfectly fine episode season of Stranger Things, but they really fucking brought the thunder in the climax mm. of that season. They did. Uh, might have been the most satisfying one we've ever seen seen because it's like did it because that's that's the thing it's like i wanted to see something that wasn't just seven grunting at something mm-hmm. with their hand extended and i think we got that this year totally yeah i mean seven felt like a, a, a play, true but... team effort what it yep. wasn't like everybody else is kind of doing busy work until l fucking powered up and, and saved the day i yeah i I think it's better, but I ugh, House of the Dragon. Here's, here's the one complaint I have with Stranger okay. Things season four. I don't okay. think that. Uh, God, I can't remember any, anybody's name. David Harbour and Winona Ryder. I think their storyline was a little too drawn out. They spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the, the action scenes with Hopper, you know, fighting shit. But like, just, and not not a lot, but like one episode's yeah. worth of stuff probably could have been condensed. Mm-hmm. The thing about Stranger Things, though, is they do a great job of of mixing and matching the plots. Right? They don't they don't give you an entire episode of Hopper's story. Right. They'll give you 10, 15 minutes of it in a forty five to hour twenty episode. 
And it was quite the balancing act. This is the first time we had the, the main team split across all the United States, another across the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had to bring these people back into the same. And in a way, like, because I was like, kept on like, man, they're running out of time to get the band back together. They mm-hmm. do it, but in a really kind of fresh, exciting way. Um, and we were we were doubting the ability to make yes. that story work at the beginning of the season because of the distance yeah, and the separation. Yeah. Especially and they when they it. kept on not getting them back together and not getting them back together. Right, right. And it's good stuff. I, I like it, I, but I think it's going to be, it's going to have a hard time staying, keeping hold of its number three slot. Uh, let's talk about the boys season three. It's, it's good. <sighs> But it managed to kind of disappoint in the boys score. Like I, you know, you get an episode called Hero Gasm and you know this show and you know what they've shown on this season so far. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's going to get it's going to be really fucked up. And, And and the Internet who is familiar with the comics is talking this thing up like talking it here up, comes yeah. hero gasm can't wait, wait for hero gasm it's over the fucking top you've never seen anything like it yeah and it was a huge letdown for me yeah honestly stanley kubrick's eyes wide shut is more fucked up than this and that's not that fucked up yep yep in some ways yeah and that wasn't the only stinker uh that was about halfway through the season i think that was episode six come the end of the season they really kind of shit the bed on the finale too I want to say Soldier Boy is not that compelling of a villain either. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I he's wonder, supposed to be hero slash villain, but like. And I think I, it felt to me like there's a lot of supernatural carryover. Like this is a fan favorite in oh. this genre. And this is a Eric Pritke, right? Like this is another like, you know, it, okay. it'd be like if Patrick Stewart showed up on a science fiction franchise. It's like, say if he, if Captain Picard became Charles Xavier, like regardless uh-huh. whether that's good or not, the fact that it's Patrick Stewart doing Charles Xavier is inherently part of the appeal. And sure. I feel like you get this. What is this? Uh, Jan Eckers. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Jansen. Eckelmeister. Uh, you you get this guy who's like famous for doing genre work in this like big anticipated genre role. It's it's okay. It's just it didn't like the fucking end of last season was so incredible mm-hmm. that this just felt like a bit of a letdown. A bit yeah. of a letdown. Yeah, they did not top season two. I don't think it can go very high on this list at all. Yeah, because none of these other shows I'm looking at had big missteps, but the boys I'm, did. I'm trying to think like, does it get over? We own the city. Uh no, I don't think so. Because like, I could argue about it getting over Sandman and Guillermo del Toro's, but honestly, I think Sandman maybe was better than the boys this I, year. I enjoyed Cabin and Curiosities more. I mean, All that right. might be because I didn't have to talk about it on the week uh, weekly. The boys basis, is just going to float here at ten, probably going to drop too. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. For All Mankind, was I disappointed in this show or was I disappointed in the performance of this show on the Bald Move Network? Because Or were you disappointed in seeing so much Danny? Well, (laughs) it's not my favorite, but I thought it was not terrible and I quite liked this season. I really liked The Race Mm -hmm. for Mars. I liked how... There was a lot of surprising twists and turns. Uh, of course, it is. It's the it's, it's for all mankind, but mm-hmm. they had a really good way of keeping 
a certain amount of tension and danger inherent to space uh, going across a whole season. There's that, you know, the thing I like most about the For All Mankind is the Apollo 13, the Martian, where, like, things go wrong and these very smart, very driven, capable people through teamwork and, and smarts overcome. And you have mm-hmm. that in spades with one notable frustrating exception. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I thought to, this was a great to season. to your point... Uh, it did not perform very well for us. We were covering it through the whole season, enjoying the show, but apparently no one was listening. So yeah, it's another like the justified thing where it's like our enjoyment of the series was not in proportion to the success of the podcast. Um, Do people talk about? But this? I also Is say I, I don't this... think this. I don't think this was as good as season two, as well. Yeah, it's pretty good, but season two was goddamn amazing, especially that final episode, or maybe it was the penultimate. The stuff- I, I really liked the Margot stuff this season. I think the tension of like the Margo her involvement with the Russians and her realization uh, and other characters' realizations about something that has happened, uh, a piece of Russian technology that they didn't come up with that mm-hmm. must have come from NASA. Mm-hmm. And and that whole development... Um, that stuff was was a real pot boiler for me. I was like, I also like the Leia. Gotta give some time. I like yep. Leia for the first time. Um, okay, yeah. There was really good. I think they closed the door because you know, obviously, you're going to do another flash forward. There's going to be, you know, we're only going to have a handful of the characters we started with. I thought there was definitive good feeling in retrospect exits for a lot of the big characters that we've grown to love and care about. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still looking the, the, forward to the, season four. It's just that, boy, I don't know if I, I doubt we do a weekly uh, podcast on it. It just doesn't seem like it's worth our time, and I can enjoy it just as much by yeah. my on myself on my own, and totally. you know, do some uh, off the clock for the bald move faithful that wants to hear it. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, let's rank it properly for all mankind season three. I say it's better than the offer. Any pushback on that? Um, no, probably better in Stranger New Worlds, but then I don't I think Stranger so. Things 4 is where I'm having a hard time getting it over. Yeah, I'm with you. Number All four, right. that, that sounds right. Here, here we go, buddy. Severance season one, oh, I say shit. to the fucking top. Yeah, Severance was the most creative uh, concept for a show that I've seen in a very long time. It's my, it, it boy, there's a lot of things we, vying for my affection this year. There's one other, there's one other show that I think might uh-huh. rival it, but there's, there's two that are big. Yeah. Tenders, year, but, yeah I could, I know where you're um, going over to, but I uh-huh. think for me, realistically one, but God damn. And it came out of nowhere, dude. It's like, yeah. Oh, this is weird. Kind of weird sci-fi concept show with, uh, you know, the, the old boy from parks and rec and mm-hmm. yeah, it's got, and it just went places. And every time I thought they have written themselves in a corner where I've started yes. to figure things out or it's plateaued, they just fearlessly upset the table and how you understood the universe and got weird with it. And <laughs> yeah. dude, that first episode, like I, I don't even remember why I watched it. It was totally on a whim. Like I, I, I was sitting in Did a I fucking beanbag chair down in the basement. No, it was the opposite. I watched the first okay, episode. And I told and you're you like, okay, you gotta fucking watch this show. Okay. It's so good. 
that first episode ends on a, a note that I'm like, well, this is stupid. I mean, this is just straight. This is either just like magic yeah. Yeah. or or they've just shit the bed in episode one. Mm-hmm. I turn on episode two and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this show is. And every episode, I felt like I had a moment just like that. So if you it, don't know- it's the best damn pilot I've seen in. Oh God, yes. Since Breaking Bad, uh, it's such a good pilot, and it's really got us ass mad about the whole pulp prestige component of this because this, like, some mm-hmm. of the best television is being produced is inherently pulp. It's science fiction. It's fantasy, and, and I it's love become that a fact. real problem because, like, I feel like but, prestige yeah. people are feeling they're getting screwed. But like honestly, okay, maybe you want us to do Succession. Maybe you want us to do White Lotus. But like I, I don't know, man. Like I think that the really genre defining stuff, uh, genre busting stuff, is happening on the the more pulpy side. It's where yeah. you you got a chip in your head that makes you bifurcate your work life from your personal life. The ultimate uh-huh. work life separation. It's such a man. They just do so much with that concept and like where you think. Like what Mm -hmm. what does office culture look like if the company is literally the only thing that exists for you? And the implications that they play with are perfect. And why would someone do that? And what would Uh it affect to have in their life? And then you get into where they cast these weird guys. You got John uh, Turturro, right? That's his name. Uh Uh, you've got Christopher Walken. You've got <laughs> mm-hmm. these new guys I've never met. Like I really like Hailey, uh, or is it Hilly? Helly. Helly. Uh, what? Who's the the Dustin of the group? Uh, uh, the guy that gets the uh, waffle Brian? party. He is amazing, and there oh, is love. like such a elemental stand up in your seat and cheer for this guy moment that he's got late in the season. Yes. Is such a, it's such a fundamentally silly kind of thing. It's like, it's, it's got all of the feeling of a four year old getting caught flushing their toys down their toilet, Mm -hmm. but with the stakes of life and death for not (laughs) just you, but it's man, this show is so, if you don't know, this show's concept is you can go through this process called severance where when you walk into this building, you forget who you are on the outside and you become this new person that's yourself. And you have like all your core human abilities, the ability to speak language, the ability to type, the ability to you know mm. think rationally. But you are completely divorced from any context of who you are on the outside. Yeah, no um, memories of the outside whatsoever. And vice versa, when you walk out and clock out at the end of the day, you lose every knowledge of what happened in this this office complex. And it, to you, it's just like eight hours went by and you've got money in your bank and you can go and do whatever the hell you want. Um, yeah, it's like sleeping, you know? Right. And the concept is like, you know, like, what does the real world think about this? What are the implications? Is this like slavery with extra steps? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, contractually, what does this look like? How does the technology work? What are the loopholes? 
Um, how is this? How is how do you manage a business like what's, this? Yeah, what's the process of inducting new people into this? Is like, what does that look like? What is the the, what's the human resources department look like? You know, uh-huh. what happens if you have a grievance? Are you what happens if the person inside wants to no longer do? Like, uh, okay, the person outside consented to this, but I'm a person. What and they deal with all of that shit and in a way that impressed says, me. No, I want to. Uh, yeah, no, dude, it's it's so good. So good. And so original, they, so interesting. And the way they play at the run links where every episode is literally exactly as long as it needs to be to get yeah. you to a pitch peak of wanting to know what happens next. Like they expertly manage tension and release and comic relief. That finale episode, I know mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this again, but we saw that we we went is a two part meal. First part was the entirety of everything, everywhere, all at once. We came home. <laughs> I think we had dinner. Yeah. We came home, and then it's like, oh, it's the premiere night of you guys are caught up. You want to see? And it was just the perfect one two punch. I was so I don't think I've been happier as a media consumer than that night for at least a decade. Oh right. God, it yeah. might be the Incredible. best thing that I saw this year. Yeah, yeah, it might very well be. Should we, we continue? Some other stuff to talk about though. Andor season one. To the top. Uh, what the fuck, Star Wars? And what are we, we doing? And then we see what happens like, from there to the top, and we see what happens from there. Yeah, yeah. Throw it to the top. All um, right. And then we'll talk about it in contrast. But first, I guess let's talk about it in general. Andor season one. You and I rage is quit. a Star Wars show. If, if you are a bald move fan and you just woke up in a coma, you're like, how uh-huh. what Jim and Aaron swore off of Star Wars. They said they were never, ever, ever going to watch something, you know, day one. And I guess we didn't. And we I didn't. That no, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's uh, the contender in the biggest miss category, too, because uh, this show, you know, Star Wars is shit the bed constantly over and over and over again for the last 25 years, in my opinion. Yeah. Obi-Wan was was another test and that was the show where I was like I'm not watching this day one because fucking Star Wars sucks and it proved me right Obi-Wan sucked just like everybody expected Book of Boba Fett was trash and then here comes Andor. They've hired the guy who does the the born or did the born trilogy, right? The and who did one. the original Rogue Rogue Squadron, which I like you or Rogue One. Rogue, I like Rogue you one, yeah. have uh, had mixed feelings about. Yeah, I've seen it once. I need to revisit it now because this show kind of changes. I, I bet it would change my mind on Rogue One significantly. Uh, but this is an excellent study in rebellions you know it's in revolution in in what makes a society break and and how the individuals involved in that come together to a bigger whole um and we're only one season into it and i think we're going places with that concept even more obviously like rogue one is a culmination but i think season two is going to be a real freaking barn burner too oh yeah I have. I, I think this is one of the smartest shows I've seen in a long time, and not in the Severance way. Not like, oh, it's going to twist you up, and but but this is like politically the yes. smartest show, and it's all couched in this Star Wars, you know, laser guns and and no lightsabers, no lightsabers, but in that world with aliens and stuff, this is why we talk about sneakily the best stuff being done on television right now is genre work 
mm-hmm. this is it. The, the we're right here with Severance and Andor. Yeah, uh, we've been saying we say want an adult, mature, in depth, uh-huh. fleshed out, non squeaky clean take on Star Wars, and they managed to do that. And still, it's a kind of it's still a fan. Like I don't know that. Uh, eight-year-old would like this not because it's bad but because it's it is got a little talky stuff it's not as exciting as your average star wars film but like a teenager certainly would and and the older the teenager to get the more they're like and or over like i'm to the point where i got a 16 year old that doesn't want to watch star wars shit with me anymore like he associates yeah. like you know you know when he was 12 13 mandalorian is pretty hot but like he's seen the expanse now he's seen mm-hmm. interstellar He's seen a ride like he's starting to get a taste for things that are more than just a dude in a shiny suit going pew, pew, pew or a lightsaber going vroom, vroom. And this show managed to deliver the goods with nary a stormtrooper and certainly no Jedi, no super powered gods. These are just real desperate men and women that are Mm -hmm. in a system that sucks and are trying to do anything they can to make it better. Yeah, they're 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 inspiring each other they're holding on to each other they're fucking up oh yeah uh, it's yeah it's just so nuanced compared to anything in the star wars universe up to now although i will say this is like kind of a darker uh return to form for star wars i mean star wars was never squeaky clean right it was never star right. trek right it was always it was always life or death it was always like a little dirty I mean, think about think about that shot of Luke's uncle and aunt. Yeah, barbecued like, skeletons. That is Star Wars. That's uh-huh. part of Star Wars. And you can try and like say, "Oh, Greedo shot or Han shot first. Uh, Greedo shot first. And it's like that's not what Star Wars was. That's no, that's it's... a retcon of Star Wars that Disney is trying now to to further and to it's... put this show out. It kind of shocked me because I didn't think Disney had it in them. Yeah. And you're right. Like Star, you know, Star Wars is about the uh, a little uh, a little boy's got an abusive father cuts off his hand trying to get him into the family. <laughs> I mean, that's some dark shit. I was scared uh-huh. of Star Wars in places when I was a kid. And Absolutely. you look at like what Stellan Skarsgård is doing as Luthen, uh, Demon Mothma, Genevieve O'Reilly, just mm-hmm. just really like two sides of the same coin, which is going to be really interesting to explore further. The way they depict the empire side of this too yes i mean the, the, the tension they draw out of out of mon mothma and Skarsgård's uh luthan situations i mm-hmm. i feel every moment they're on screen that they're in grave danger yeah even a black when bag could go over their head they're and sitting they're in done. their living room yeah 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 it, it feels it feels like a spy thriller in a lot of ways, it like a does. Jason it Bourne thing. It feels so. like Jason Bourne, Tom Clancy, and by God, that's, oof, boy, that's that's my weakness right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh boy, yeah. Star, if, if Star Wars was that good, we would be watching every single fucking thing it's got out. And it's, it's, and it, it there's no, it, there's no reason this show has, no Star Wars has to be bad. You have mm-hmm. to have 10 names that would be well qualified to do something really interesting and creative with this stuff at all times. You just got to <laughs> just got to have a plan, man. And who's going to pass on Star Wars, right? 
like Disney comes to you with a big check and says, hey, we want you to write right. the next great Star Wars series. And they say, no, I don't think it so. is funny because this guy that did I, I forget. I can't remember his name. It's not Doug Lyman. It's um, it's the guy who that's the director of Born. It's the guy who wrote him. But he yeah. doesn't have a, a special affection for Star Wars. And I think that helps mm-hmm. because like there is like as much as I like Mandalorian, you know, someone said this about the writing of obi-wan and book of boba and mandalorian that it feels like two old gen xers or it feels like an old gen xer mashing his their action figures together on the kitchen table like you know they're just having these like big shot you know big boy epic adventures and this does not feel like that this actually feels like someone it's not an eight-year-old saying and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened yeah yeah and it was pretty fucking good i don't feel stay number one but it's pretty fucking good. Here's another one to the fucking top, in my opinion, the bear. God damn. Yeah. The bear, the bear came out. And I remember being a little resentful that something this good was coming out at a pretty loaded part of the schedule. And like how fucking, okay. It's a guy who's making at the Chicago hot dogs or whatever. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And the show show, from the trailer, it wanted to be like half cooking show. Right, like it wanted these beautiful shots of intricately prepared meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it wanted me to take it seriously as a dramedy. I because it's also very funny. I it can be funny. It's like ER only in a restaurant. You know, like everything's like deadly serious and like high pressure intense. But it's in a it's in a Chicago mm-hmm. beef place. And but, that's the word for it, intense. I mean, I. You are tense watching this show. Oh, and you wouldn't think you wouldn't think that this would be a, a show that just is dripping with tension. But oh my, a part of it is it's runtime. Like, is this even six hours long total? I don't think it is. Uh, it's definitely not. No, it's like, I think six it's only epi- like six episodes long. And, and some of them one are of those half is like hour 20 long. minutes. Yeah, this show is so and I think that's one of the reasons it's so intense. It does not waste a ounce of your time or attention. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's got fascinating characters. It's got amazing dialogue. Um, man, John Bernthal had a kick-ass year this year, didn't oh, he? No, it's eight episodes. How many episodes is this damn thing? I thought eight. it was six, but yeah, like I, I, it, it. You can ease. You can, you can get this through done in a. That's what I did. I essentially worked my way through this on a Saturday afternoon, and yep. it was a hell of a journey. Um. Yeah, my wife says she's not going to watch the next season because it is too, too intense for her. Ooh, <laughs> Which yeah. I want to say accurately mimics the feel of being in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, an active restaurant. The precariousness. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah. Why, why does anyone do this for us? Why does anyone make delicious food? It's a thing. It seems like a thankless task that no one wants to pay. Some for. of them love it. Yeah, some of them need yeah. to do it for cash. You know, some of them. They have the it's reasons. Kinda, it's, yeah, this is like to this feels like to food the way Treme felt about music, where it's like there's this compulsion, huh. like it's not a good idea, yeah. it's bad for you. But what are you going to do? It not play, play well. the trump? You're not going to you're not going to blow the bone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> they call it blowing the bone. <laughs> no, they call it. They definitely talk about playing the bone. I don't know if anyone's blowing the bone, but that's what they're doing. <laughs> okay. That's a fair yeah. description of what they do. It's accurate to the trombone. Um and I, and I loved it too. It's it's in it's this has a lot of pathos. I mean, the main character is haunted by many demons. He's forced to take over the restaurant of his dead brother. 
and that's failing it's in debt it's it's a failing restaurant but it's, it's, he it's, is it's like a, a three-star michelin chef yes but he has like burnt out or something he's got like ptsd from that job and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he's got amazing skills it's it's an interesting stew of of emotions and plots but man if it wasn't amazing yeah and it's it ended perfectly like it is a like season one is a self-contained unit there is the door cracked open for more and i do think we're going to get more but mm-hmm. that it also is completely self-contained like it like if i got nothing it feels a lot like every season of the leftovers that way like if i got nothing more i would never yeah. think anything was missing uh eben moss back crack back back the star of the show or no, no, no he's no, not the star. He's the, he, he he's plays the... Richie, the brother. Oh, he God. had another great a great year also. He was in Andor as well. He yep. shows up briefly as a He's such a good asshole. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. He plays a huge asshole in this, but an asshole that you can't get rid of because you grew up with him and you're mm-hmm. kind of related to him and Yeah. Oh my god, Man. did you know that Molly Ringwald was the Al-Anon yes. group leader? Yeah. I don't oh I did not know Picked that. Picked her out when I saw her. Um Joel McHale shows up at some Joel point. Joel McHale's got a great cameo. <laughs> uh there's I so really many like, I, so many I, great, great I, cameos. Ayo Ayo Edabiri. I don't know yeah. how to pronounce her name, but she's great. Yeah, uh, she's really good as a sous chef. Seems uh, like she she got a lot of a, a lot of time in the plot more than I expected because I, I viewed this as like a show about Jeremy Allen White's character Carmen mm-hmm. but she got a lot of time and I think it was well worth it yeah the only thing I've ever seen her in I guess she's going to show up as what we do in the shadows was it this year or next year but she's also as a voice in Big Mouth but I haven't seen her oh, in a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's standout in this. Like I said, there's not a single like single bad bad role or bad actor in this entire thing. Uh, yeah, there's one. Um, th- there's one cook in the back who is really shitty to everybody around her. She hates, like she she's just resentful. I think she's resentful of like this new person coming in and changing everything because that's what Carmen does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's really shitty about it. And it, converting her throughout this season to the new way of doing things was really emotionally powerful. All of the conversion of like getting these guys on board his vision yeah. felt good. And, you know, like I was so frustrated with some of these people and then I came yes. around on them and, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's it's a great show. Um, it might be the best thing that I watched this this uh, this season. Um, eighteen. Okay, we're at Reacher. Reacher's still. It's we're at the float level. Like it's it, Reacher was a fun. If yeah. you like the Tom Cruise stuff, this is a better version of that character. It's it's the pleasure of this big dude that has all the skill sets of Rambo and MacGyver, and he's just he's just the ultimate ba- Mary Gary Stu. Like, he Mm -hmm. is just the most capable person, and it's just him wading into situations and either beating people to a pulp, outthinking them, uh, out-legally maneuvering them, or all three. And it's really fun, but it's ridiculous. So... (laughs) Yeah. 
1899 is a fiasco. I don't think it's as good as early goings of dark, but I also think it was a much more complicated story, which is saying something. Yeah. And, and it's mostly a fiasco because of Netflix. They blew, they, they, they blew the end of the season open. Like I was hoping they did. And now we're mm-hmm. never going to get the answer to this dark, <laughs> complicated store time. You know, who knows what dimensionally traveling? I don't know. I don't know. And I'll never will. I never will. Never it's will. infuriating. It's infuriating. <laughs> Netflix, I'm so never watching a day one show of you again. Right. I feel like it's got a float. Float. Um, yep. Physical season two is more physical. If you like uh, people struggling with issues that they recognize are issues in their life, but can't get over, just can't fucking stop doing it. Yeah. This is the show for you because it will speak to that type of person. And for me, that's procrastination for the character in physical. It's an eating disorder. And boy, there's a lot to like about this show. Um, is it better? Is it, do you, do you want to get in the top 10? Does, should it be I mean, better I, than I haven't seen it all, but I'm enjoying it more oh, than okay. the boys season three. So that's probably it'd go about like number 14 for me here. Okay. Um, the Gilded Age, the Gilded Age is trashy fun. It is, um, Baron Fellows continued uh, fossilization into a bunch of out of touch boomer <laughs> old school liberal takes on American history that I don't know that he has the best handle on but I Perfect. really enjoy I watch it and laugh out loud at the silly <laughs> crazy shit on this show uh, it's late stage Downton Abbey with worse characters um, perfect Shining Girls, like I said, this it's I didn't finish it. It's Elizabeth Moss, time traveling serial killer. Uh, I want to say Pachinko should go above everything just on the strength of how good its pilot was, but it's not going to make it in the top ten. So yeah, uh, but I'm going mean, to just I'd, I'd go above like Boys, but it's not better than Physical to me. I'm there. You go. Um, oh, you have to see more of it. And now we got to the real uh, shit where Westworld. Well, Ozark's not shit. Ozark's not shit. I'm gonna put Um, Ozark above Westworld. Now we got the true shit. Westworld, Picard, Walking Dead, Rings of Power. Honestly, I'm fine with that. That feels that's a perfect order. I I will talk about Rings of Power in more detail. I'm certain. I don't think I don't literally think it's the worst thing on television. But like Uh when you adjust for how much money and talent went into it, it's probably the worst thing that I saw on television. Mm Hmm. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Okay, we have the monumental task ahead of us of actually figuring out who won this year because look at this murderer's row, the Bear, Andor, Severance, all rookie seasons, Better Call Saul ending a six-season fantastic run, House of the Dragon first season stranger things season four for all mankind season three star trek stranger worlds the offer winning time it's a top 10 we own this city might because that's at 11 right now Ooh. i don't know that it doesn't deserve to be in the top we'll see we'll see um, i think we're gonna have a a five-way runoff for the boy, top it's, here i feel like if you ask me a month from now i might change <laughs> yeah yeah or if you asked me a month ago I might have given you yeah, a very different answer. For real. Uh, but let's get to it. Is, is Andor better than the bear? Oh, my God. 
The bear is a more intimate story. I say no. Really? The bear the bear was more unique in what it was doing. I was I was surprised. Okay, I was surprised by Star Wars, but for a different reason. I was surprised by the bear with how much emotion they rang out of such a what I didn't think was an inherently emotional uh, situation being in the kitchen, you know, especially with uh, they've created a character here who has so much baggage from being in the kitchen that being in this kitchen has made that even worse and, and triggered all of that. And I was just, uh-huh. I was into the weird vibe of it wanting to like celebrate, but also like celebrate the, the life of a chef. Um, but also show you how harrowing it is. It's just something I'm yeah. not used to seeing. Yeah, I, again, I I loved it. I thought it was just so well made, so well written, so well performed, so um, easy to watch. I mean, it's the format helped it a lot. Very compulsively watchable. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, to me, like again, I love I love Star Wars, and my Star Wars fan heart started to beat again a bit watching Andor. That's but the thing. it's not. Yeah, and I'm like, is it right to take the Star Wars of it out? Um, because like if I take the Star Wars of it out, it's not even close. I think the bear just really and or really? fun and good. Like I, I, no, it's I, solid. I, I, I mean, I, I, I hate <laughs> I hate building up the bear by tearing down Andor. Right, I just right. think the bear's better. I think the bear is better. I think if you'd asked me 15 years ago, I would have said you're crazy and Andor's better. But I think the bear is the better, more well-rounded entertainment. Yeah, there's something that really struck a chord with Andor uh, for me. And it's just the the whole vibe of the society we're living in right now feels like it is spiraling toward an Andor type situation. And that maybe and that like it really stood out as something adult in a franchise that I view as as having become for kids. And. I was happy to have Star Wars back because I love Star Wars. Uh, All right. I gut check. I don't know, man. Is do you think Andor's better than the Bear? Better, better. How do you find better? Because if so, we're gonna table it and move on. Because I think we'll find we'll we'll we'll, we'll break the log jam by finding other <laughs> other things, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's table I say it. I say the bear's better. You say I think and yours leaning Andor's better. Let's table it for now, because I'm gonna say something that I don't think is controversial. Severance is better than both of these shows for me as a craft, as the craft of storytelling, um, and television making and puzzle boxes go. I, I didn't think I could be surprised and delighted by another puzzle box show. Is that the real thing? Dude, fucking I was fucking same. over them, and then Severance comes along and blows my mind. And not... Uh, and, and for multiple reasons. It's not just the puzzle box and Severance. It's also the things that it's doing in the, the sidelines. The The puzzle box is the hook to get you into this guy's life, and then... right. I'm still like really invested in in Michael and just like there's or, a lot of Scott. What's his fucking name? Uh, Adam Scott, not oh, Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott Adams. Uh-huh. That's the guy that does Dilbert, right? Oh boy. Um. Yeah. The thing is, is that um, it's it's not just a puzzle box. Like the world building and the world itself yes. is fascinating, and there's a lot less puzzles. It's more of like mechanically satisfying. Uh huh. Like. 
this is fucked up, and if they could do this, it would definitely have profound societal impact. And it's also one of those things like, well, it's like, is this sl- slavery? Is this disruption? More Silicon Valley disruption. I, I think it's inherently fascinating. Uh, do you think if we'd done a podcast on season one that we would still be being like, oh, what a fresh take on this puzzle box? Or do you think we would have killed oh, it fair, by fair over-examining question. it? Because we did a yeah. we did a fair amount of like discussing amongst ourselves and just talking about it. Like you, we did a lot of OTCs. So the it's thing be that this season two. has going for it is, like you said, it's not just the puzzle box, right? It is right. It does have a lot of things that you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" But it also has yes. the uh, the natural outcropping of like the philosophical ideas behind the the puzzle box elements right like a puzzle box yeah, like i'm like, not i'm i'm not wondering what the hell's going on i'm genuinely curious about what's going to happen as the inevitable result of what i just and saw I, right like i see that. a thing and i'm like oh well that means that this must be true uh about right. the world that they live in and the existence that they have and then i can start thinking about what that existence is like and we can talk about it and say is this morally reprehensible? Is this a system that you would buy into? Is this, and most puzzle box shows don't have that. They just have the puzzle. And the hallmark of a good puzzle box show for me is how much at the end of each season are old puzzles solved and new puzzles Mm. uh, rising organically because uh, you think about a show like X Files, <laughs> where you never really got satisfying answers to any of the big questions they ask in season one. You just kept on mm-hmm. the oh, it's it's even bigger than we imagined. It goes all the way to the top. It's odd, ah, and it just and and the reason was is because they never really knew where the fuck they were uh-huh. going. They just kept on like God, if we stack enough shit, it's gonna be. This doesn't feel like that. This feels more like, um, I, I guess, like a, a Mr. Robot or what's another good puzzle box that we've seen of late um, where it's like you there are a few. Oh, a dark, yes, dark, great yeah. show mm-hmm. like that, too, where they from season to season. There's definitely questions, but they're big new questions yep. that have largely arisen from the answers to the previous questions. Yes. Um, I felt that so much with Severance that like we got a surprising amount of like information about the things we were curious about. It's just that those answers revealed so much more weirdness and so right. many more questions. And not just like logistical questions or like puzzle questions, yeah. but like philosophical questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ethical questions. Like there's so much to talk about and think sure. about in that show that other puzzle boxes don't come with. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think we need to sweat the bear and or is number one because I think this is better than both of them. As I far agree. as the craft of and it's, television and cinema, it's it's really well done. And I will say that like unlike previous years, I don't think there's maybe a right answer here. Uh-huh. I think different people different people could very much have different opinions on whether the bear is better than Severance, whether Severance better than Andor, whether Andor is better than the bear. And I think that's going to keep going. Through. I think the top five is going to be mm-hmm. a prestige standoff of, you know, with shows yep. pointing guns at each other. And as usual, this uh, will reflect just our opinion on these shows, obviously. But like, yes, this will be maybe one of the closest years with the, the tightest grouping of shows, I'd say, at the top. Um, 
What say we put it to, because this is going to be kind of you, is Better Call Saul better than Andor? Man. So here's the caveat to everything I'm going to say is that I don't always week to week while I'm doing a podcast about this show and having to rewatch the episodes multiple times and wait a week for the next one, appreciate the pacing of Better Call Saul. Is very, very deliberately paced. Uh, that said, there is no other show that does anything like that. Um, when it spins an entire episode, letting you sit with a character who's doing a thing, performing a scam, um, going on a, a secret mission, whatever, it doesn't do it just because it's a showpiece which sometimes it is, but it does it because it's saying something deep about that character. And that to me is the overriding thing that makes Better Call Saul great is its character studies. It it is deeply concerned with what the characters are thinking and how they are acting in any given scene. Um, more, more so than many, many, nearly every other show that I've watched. And I think that's where it shines. And this final season has has been a masterclass in that all the way right up to the very last shot of this show. They care deeply about Jimmy as a person and about Kim as a person. And I came away from that show going, I understand. I don't always agree with the decisions these characters made, but I understand exactly why they made them. And you know, you can quibble about like the pacing, and I do from time to time. I get kind of annoyed with the show uh, for that for that aspect, but I think it's probably for what it does and being the culmination of essentially the Breaking Bad universe. Uh, I I feel like I want to give this uh, its due right behind Severance. Yeah, and I'll say that like. If I would trans- do a dim translation, you did the Better Call Saul you, you, with you and Alexa, Alexis. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to watch it multiple times. You had to compile the feedback. There was you had to do your own production and your own publishing on this. Mm-hmm. I think that like these all are all marks hours and not its favor on, on the stuff that we all were after doing hours out of like day, so yeah. you like this this like so the fact that this filters through all of that what I would call hassle, which is mm-hmm. Jim's kryptonite. If Superman is kryptonite, is that Jim's is hassle? <laughs> sure, I don't like hassle. The, the substance of hassle withers his soul. Mm. Uh, if 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 he's saying this isn't a top, that I think that says a lot. Now, I'm halfway through season five and I'm enjoying it, but almost every at the end of every episode, I'm like, thank God I don't have to talk for an hour about this. <laughs> right? Thank fucking Christ I don't have to sort through 100 emails and talk an hour about this because oh my God, these are so. It's like one of those things where you could recap it in five minutes or a hundred and five. Yes. And it's like, you the, know, the episodes are simultaneously much... very entertaining if you just want to watch them. And they're also extremely right. deep if you want to wade into that territory. And part of. But they're more effective in the terms of arcs. Like I yes. notice that there's like, uh-huh. like you don't know what the, like when Kim goes up to, this is a season five thing. Kim goes up to the guy that's the, the man and up that's resisting the thing. And she has her first. It's like, okay, well, what the fuck? That goes places, but like to judge yep. it on the first act of its thing. And that's where I guess Better Call Saul does like 
it's running like A, B, C, D, E plots, and each one of those have Act One through Seven, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're all at different stages uh, to season, and it's just it's just this very deliberate storytelling that's extremely effective. But god damn it, it does not stand up to week to week intense scrutiny. I don't think. But yeah, it, it's it's a show that requests that asks a lot of its audience in the patience department. Just you you have to give characters. them the room to do the These... thing they're going to do. And if you don't, I think it'll start to piss you off. And I think they're all weird characters. I find it very hard to relate to Jimmy, hard to relate to Kim. Definitely hard to re- like the one that I, oh, sure. that I find myself relating the most to is Nacho. Yeah, yeah. Nacho is uh, very relatable. He's just in an impossible fucking position. And I feel mm-hmm. like, oh, man, the stuff that they've done over the long haul with his dad. And like, I don't know where that's going, but I bet it's someplace bad. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of so these characters I, are frustrating, right? I mean, it's very frustrating to yes. watch Jimmy fall on his face over and over for his own because he's doing it to himself the entire time. Yeah. Same with Kim at times, and it's frustrating. But man, getting inside the heads of people that I don't quite understand, and and having the show kind of handhold me through that is really rewarding for mm-hmm. me. So, is it better than Andor? Yeah, I, I think it's better than Andor and the Bear for me. Um, okay. I wonder if people who... I, I bet that Better Call Saul is not universally loved by people who like Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad is very much... It, it is these things, but it's condensed. Yes. I, I almost feel like Better Call Saul could have used one fewer seasons. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, dude. Because I'm, I'm with you. I understand why you stopped watching it. Because there was a bit of a treadmill there. Uh, and I do think, I do feel in my bones that in season five, they're starting to get off there. Yes, that, that's the there thing. Was one, season oh God, five I wish... gets off there, and then season six is just, yeah, it's great. There's one, oh man, I forget what, there's exact phrase where I, I said to stop because I was laughing so hard, where someone told Jimmy to like, would you just get on with it already and do? And I'm like, oh my god, that's I've been saying that for four years. I I I, I honestly think they really probably would have rather would have liked to had season one back. Yeah, because I maybe. think season one and two feel so similar. Season three is amazing yes, with Chuck, with, but like I also think mm-hmm. like. What if they blended in a little bit of the fall of Chuck McGill with um, the beginning of the Super Lab? If they sure. could get that season four season, I agree. If that thing was a trim, maybe even preferable before. Um, but but yeah, yeah it starts there, to feel more like Breaking Bad, which is just a blistering pace. Ninety yeah, percent. And I don't think I don't know if it. You'd have to get it down like four seasons to, to get it that blistery. Uh, true, you could have. You could have. But I, I, I that this show does feel like they discovered it as they went along, and they mm-hmm. didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with all of the major relationships until probably season three. Yeah, and, and they leaned into some like, of. The I don't things think they had they answers liked. to is Kim. I don't think they had answers to like is Kim living with Jimmy. Yeah, and and I don't no. know, I don't have these answers yet either. But I don't think they had answers to like the big like black and white uh-huh. considerations. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fine with me. They they seem to write best when written into corners. So I don't know. I feel like they could have we meandered a bit, but no, oh, they miss okay. every once in a while. Sure. Yeah, I want to see what uh, Better Call Saul was. Alan Sepinwall's number two behind Reservation Dogs. Behind Res Dogs. I tell you oh, what, shit, we consider um, that a comedy Al- though. Interesting. Well, that's the thing. And I, I was going to say, Alan is a big comedy guy because you got Reservation Dogs, Better Call Saul, which is not not a comedy. Sure. Atlanta Barry. 
and Severance, which is not not a comedy too. Severance has out of his funny top, moments, out of, yeah. Out of his top ten, seven of them were comedies or comedy adjacent. So that's interesting. Wow. Um, okay, is Hot D better than Andor? Oh man, this is where I start to. We have to struggle with this because I'm trying to not let myself be unduly influenced by how fucking popular this show is. Like, this show was so successful for us in terms of exposure, in terms of finding new audience, in terms of club sales, in terms of advertising, uh, in terms of just, like, people's engagement with it that... (laughs) um, I, I'm trying to, and, and I guess that should not go in it because it's the baldies, you know, like the bald move aspect of it is, is a definitely a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I also think it was just really good. It was like, yeah. I, I came into season skeptical. We had, uh, Ryan Condal with like, a kind of checkered background. Um, didn't see a clear line between what he had done and like greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, the base material itself, Fire and Blood, is not <laughs> Barton's best work. It's not even, it's barely a narrative. And they did something really special. Like, there was a lot of interesting, kind of quiet character and thematic moments that they were trying to, you know, telling the story about women trying to survive in Westeros. Um, mm-hmm. There's also some interesting, kind of political things they had to say. And just the spectacle, like the back half of this season had so much great shit. Yeah. Um, They've really dialed that stuff into the, the CG is much better looking. Feels like they it wasn't that. perfect. They had some God awful day for night shooting sure. that seems to be a Sapochnik hallmark and he's exiting the series under, you know, circumstances <laughs> so maybe won't we, we won't have his murky inky black exposures to kick around anymore uh i thought they did a minor stumble in the penultimate episode but i thought actually that was paid off in the finale mm-hmm. um they had a really difficult yeah. job with the adaptation of this because there's a lot of jumping around in time it's a it's a story that spans yes. a long period of time and telling that a generation efficiently um yeah, in a way that makes sense, and in a way that connects you to the characters. I think that was the biggest challenge, is just getting you from uh, Millie Alcock to uh, Emma Darcy is one of the hardest challenges they had, and I think they nailed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, hot D, also. Man. was super popular like the f- feedback was fun i love the green versus black uh, <laughs> yes yeah that was a lot of fun essentially street street war that that happened across social media on our podcast uh yep. i just i, loved I just the, think it's the, uh shit what do we call him what was matt smith's he had a whole thing where people loved him and hated him at the same time sure i can't what do you mean problematic like, fave a... yeah it was we had oh, that whole prob- that whole line of thinking uh we had laris with a lot of problematic fetish. on that show yeah there's oh, a God. lot of good the, the memes the yeah. memes it was so good to have like <laughs> and they all compounded from like the game of thrones stuff too so uh-huh. it's good it's a lot of fun i i say 
God, for my money, I, it's not better than Severance. I know in my balls yeah, 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 that yeah. I did not enjoy Hot D as much as Severance, but I enjoyed it immensely. And I was also surprised because I was expecting to like this to be a good but not great show. And I would struggle to like, you know, find interesting things to say about it. I didn't think there'd be any kind of spoiler spoiler um, uh, implications out of it. Turns out there's a ton of stuff going on. So like I, I actually really like it a lot and I would put it. It's tough to get it over the bear, but I think when I throw the bald move of it into it and how much fun I got as a podcaster, um, I mean, also, like, you know, full disclosure, they, I, I wouldn't say it's the most Hollywood junket I've ever been on because I've never been on a Hollywood junket. Um, it was in the middle of this kind of tail end of the pandemic, so there wasn't a red carpet, but, like, it was super, it was hella fun <laughs> to go out and see the premiere and a big screen with the creators and, uh, you know, um, getting to see all my old friends that I haven't got to see since like the pandemic and like have awesome food and free drink. And yeah, it, it was great. So I, I'm saying it's better than everything but severance. But what do you oh, say? Wow. Uh, I don't know, because Andor had a couple of really super memorable scenes for me. Not that Hati yes. didn't, um, but Andy Circus's whole arc in Andor kind of blew me away. Uh, Andy Serkis is secretly becoming or qu- quickly becoming a surprising favorite of mine. Um, he's a character actor, capital C, ca- capital A. Yeah, but he the work he does in this is more than just a character actor. Um, Interesting. I, I don't know. This, this is like a. This is a. <laughs> Was he a leading man? Was he? Was he a vil- antagonist? What? No, he's, what he's like a, It seems like he's like a dam- co-lead for it's damning those, him with faint praise. Yeah, he's like a co-lead for those three episodes or whatever. Mm. Um, and and his transformation, his his conversion to the cause, is just so moving. It's so mm. it's so like what what we need. <laughs> it's you know, it, it's like wake up wake up how do you shake people out of their learned uh helplessness essentially how do you get people out of those ruts that they're in to make right. positive change in their own lives even uh especially when they when they finally do like that necessarily does not lead to your own personal salvation right either. it's like sacrifice you can fight and, and win and die and you do not personally benefit right the sacrifice know? the cost of of action the cost of inaction it's all andor is is a marvelous study on on revolution um in general mm-hmm. but also on on both scales the individual uh involved in that and the actions that they take that contribute to the whole and then you know people kind of at the top orchestrating the thing and then you have to talk about Stellan Skarsgård who does incredible work in this series yes uh yeah it, his uh the top of the elevator yes, speech yes. is the thing is the standout of the entire season i think so um i don't know man i andor feels important <laughs> which is weird <laughs> to say about a star wars property andor feels important hot d doesn't hot d feels like an entertainment only thing and I, really? I kind of don't want to put Hot D higher than Andor in this list. Hmm. Hmm. 
I don't know. Am I crazy? Mm. I think you're a little crazy. I, I mean, like I'm, 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 I admire your love of Andor. Um, and I agree. It's the best star Wars I've seen in years, but like, boy, is it the best television I've seen in five years? I feel like you're taking it that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not like, I think Andor is the best star Wars I've seen. It's certainly, and it might be the it might be in the, the top five things I saw this year, maybe. But yeah, I would easily put Hadi over it. In fact, wow. I might not be even done with putting things above wow. it. Wow. Hmm. I would put Hadi over the Bear. I'd put it over Better Call Saul because again, it's easy would. for me. I haven't seen yeah. it. The only one that's a hard steel ceiling is Severance because yeah, I, yeah. Severance was my number one television moment of the fucking sure. year. The waffle party. The waffle, yeah, just that whole last, <laughs> that whole like it just kept getting better and better and ended just in such a satisfying way that made me ravenously hungry for season two. Oh, and yeah. by the way, everything I've heard about season two is fucking amazing. Yeah, the fucking crescendo that they organize in that mm-hmm. show is off the charts. So much tension, yeah. so expertly yeah. played tension. Oh my god. Uh. Boy, you want to fight for Hot D as number two? I mean, I'd accept number three Bear because, Andor. like, if you say Better Call Saul's that good, and I, you know, that doesn't seem like a controversial opinion either. I don't know. See, my uh, let me just throw this out there. Here's my gut feeling, and maybe we need to talk about it. Here's my gut feeling on my top five. My top five would okay. be. Hot in reverse order, five to one. Hottie, the bear, andor, better call Saul, Severance. That's my preferred well, order. Our, there, our number one is that's locked. consistent. Thank yeah, God. That, that's locked. And I don't I, think it's I don't think anything's going to change either. Not on number one, no. Um, but like I feel like I'm complete opposite of everything else. <laughs> That's wild. I right? might acknowledge that the bear, like Hot D, that the bear is better than Hot D. Wow, you but... like the bear. I mean, the bear is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. But I, I think or... I think I put the Hot D. I think I put the Hot D over bear because I think what Hot D is doing is a slightly harder difficulty. Like, like moving on from the Game of Thrones of it all and adapting the material. Like, I just think that, like... Boy, they given that the the wrong produ- the wrong showrunner, it would have been a fucking disaster. Because like, absolutely, it's clear to me that Condal spent a lot of time not just reading the re- but treating it as if it was the assignment of like, okay, here's what some incurious maester wrote about this thing two hundred years after. What is true? Mm-hmm. And he treated it as like, well, obviously this is dumb and this is hackneyed and this is stuff. But like there's probably elements of truth of all this stuff. Mm. And the answers he came up with, I think, again, for some I, I almost feel like the people that read the books probably have a greater appreciation. Yeah, because I only of, know like, the stuff how they that adapted you, that material. I only know the stuff that you told me about that was like, oh, here's this maester with this opinion on this. And here's right. the fool with this opinion. Um, and, and so I only have and, glimpses and how they. That. How they had like and 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 just maintain so much surprise too for us watchers that also didn't feel like oh they just did something different to confound our expectation. It's like this is all like a reasonable interpretation of like well how do I steer between these different peaks of and truth and valleys of falsehood? 
and like you know what is the okay if i buy these motivations as real but the events are a whitewashed version of it like how does that man it's just ah i i admire the scope of the project i'm so excited to see another season or two of this but yeah so i i would go if it was me and i'm gonna just take better call Saul out of it because i haven't seen it i would go severance Mm. the bear and hot d is tough (laughs) i'd probably go severance bear hot d and or okay how about then it gets it gets sticky for the top five spot (laughs) but i guess we don't have to worry about that because we got better call Saul. yeah i was gonna say this because obviously like our opinions differ here, but we have to make one list. Mm-hmm. So if we compromise here and say, so, yeah, let's say, so, so let me see Saul. what we, so I, I just said I would go severance, the bear and or, or hot D and or severance bear. So that yeah. would be my top five. What would yours be? So you got severance as one. Well, I think I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm willing to give you that because I get to place better call Saul. And I think better call Saul is appropriately placed. Okay, so Jay, so what? What I'm just curious though for posterity, what would you do? You'd say you'd at Andor at three. For me, it'd be Hot D at five. Oh, oh. So you want me to like tell you where in the list I would put all all these? Whatever. I'll put. Okay. Time. So J, Jim says Hot D is five. Uh, okay, and then where would you put the bear? Um, the bear at four. Or where would you put Andor? And Andor at three. And then that would be my list. Okay, so this would be Andor, and then this is the bear. So it's literally the opposite, or it's... yeah, they're jumbled up, <laughs> or yeah, reverse yeah. order. I guess because I was trying to think if there's any way we could do like a relative score and like do some kind of horse trading here. Well, I think the horse trading is like, I get better. My bottom five is Andor. <laughs> your three is Andor, and then. It sounded so like we disagree you, at the top and bottom and the middle. Yeah, everything's. It mess. sounded like you wanted to make some kind of case for something else above Andor, which kind of blows my mind. I can't see it on this list, but okay. Stranger Things is that? Because that's the next one in the it list, would be, right? It would be so the ones that would be in the running for maybe better than Andor is Stranger Things for All Mankind and The Offer. Huh. And yet the offer is below Strange New Worlds. Have we just not debated this yet? Well, we didn't. We yeah, we we haven't gone through and f- fought this out. I, okay. I don't know. I have a hard time imagining Stranger Things in the top five here with this murderer's row. It was just good. I mean, it's good. It's very entertaining. It's very entertaining. And I especially remember the back half, which is the one we saw most recently. And I just think that was like maybe the best stretch of Stranger Things we've had since the original series. Yeah, I might get behind and that. Just how things paid off and the stakes and the fact that they got away from, you know, uh, L just grunting at something with her arm stretched out in the claw. <laughs> and they had, like, you know, the way they tied in all of the previous mythology and introduced this Vecna guy and the Eddie's payoff. Uh-huh. Uh and the structure of that season is so weird, right? It's like seven episodes, then a month-long break, then two more episodes. But a bunch of those episodes were like feature-length Our films. Feature-length, yeah. Plus, like I think the finale is like two and a half hours long. Yeah. And the penultimate was like 90 minutes. Yeah. 
So um, there were some hurdles to overcome in structure. And I think they did it. I was never bored by that show. Yeah. But I, I would say I was never quite as delighted with that show as I was with anything in this top five. Or impressed, I guess. So how do we how do we resolve this? Do you, so Yeah, how do we resolve this? I don't I don't think there's yeah, I don't I don't know. Um you, you said you, you I, said you want to give me something because I'm giving you better call solid too. Well, yeah, the something was gonna be the ordering of the bear hot D and Andor on this list. Oh, so you're letting me call this? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, we have to come to a single list, right? That's how this works. So, yeah, I wonder. As I wonder if, if would it make you feel better if we flipped Hot D and Andor? Um, yeah, I mean that would be my preference. Then yeah. I get the bear. You get the bear over, and Andor. you already the bear is like it's it's just one spot for you. Yeah, if you want to do that, I'm a okay with that. Okay, so Hot D gets to stay in the top five, and Andor gets to be have supremacy. Mm-hmm. Feel like I'm okay. getting a double win here with Better Call Saul, but it's not about winning or losing. This is just about figuring Maybe. out a list. I certainly enjoyed Hot D more than Andor, but I enjoyed the hell hell of Andor. I'm the one that fought to get you to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everybody like, on the fucking planet had to fight to get me to watch this because I was true. I was true. Yes, I was viscerally opposed. But I felt like if I if I said record. those first three episodes, and I almost did because those first two episodes did not grab me. I don't know why they grabbed me. I liked them quite a bit the third episode i'm like yeah, okay yeah. like i'm glad i because i'm glad i watched the third episode because that i just did not young andor did not move me at all and i still yeah, think it's the, yeah i agree that it's is such not. a stupid thing to start off with that it didn't in, you know they should have spent that time with the step the, the 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 mother figure and the father figure and the friends and like if anything like i'd like to see andor first come to that planet and get integrated but like all that time they spent on the jungle world with the fucking kids throwing poison art bomb poison dart bombs and shit it's like i no, i i didn't i thought that was all a bit much but yeah, it's um, the weakest part of the series for sure but i feel like yeah if i watch those first three episodes like you know what it's yeah it's, it's the best star wars we've seen but it's still a star wars tv show you'd be like and we wouldn't even have this conversation yeah i think <laughs> so, so. I, cause yeah, I was skeptical. Cause like every fucking time we've admit, we've decided to sit on a Marvel or set, uh, there's there's a handful of the community are ready to swear through a nine inch plank that yes, this is so worth your time. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you sound like a, a you. They all sound like like nine year olds trying to sell mom and dad on a Disneyland trip. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, look at the educational opportunities. They have mm-hmm. real animals in we'll the animal zone. We can learn about the tom- yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can learn about Tomorrow World. It's not just about Mickey Mouse guys. It's like, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No. No take, kid wants to go to fucking f- Epcot. <laughs> Sorry. So, all right, we got top five. So should we? I think we should split out the red, the the top ten. Um, okay. Stranger, who do you got? Stranger Things or For All Mankind? Uh, oh man, man, these are both great shows. Turns out they are both great shows. Turns out, uh, I think they're okay the way they are. Stranger Things, uh, one spot above For All Mankind. There, I feel like Stranger Things is coasting on spectacle because again, those last two episodes were fucking hot. Yep. 
and for all mankind was really good was really good this season oh i was frustrated with both of the kids uh both of gordo's kids like yeah god damn it is what do we need to say about danny but then jimmy it's jimmy it's jimmy uh jimmy i think so half fucking kid man got caught up in a bad thing i was so frustrated with him but i get it too yeah it's pretty terrible It's pretty terrible. That's the thing. It's like, I, God damn it. I fucking the Danny of everything. I was really primed to hate. I think they got to interesting places yeah, by the yeah. end. Um, oh, man, I, I, I do. I very curious of where they come back in season four. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of things happening at the end of season three that we're not going to get total closure on. Right. Yeah. We can't if we're going to jump uh, ahead. Yeah. But man, the Margot stuff was really, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, seems like we're the only ones, Jim. I guess so. Yeah, it was not a popular podcast for us at all. I th- I feel uh, pretty good about six through nine, like in the order they're in: Stranger Things, For All Mankind, Strange New Worlds, and The Offer. And then, of course, you know, okay. I haven't seen Winning Time, so that's on you. So I'm thinking I would say I'd put The Offer over Star Star Trek, and I would put oh, We yeah. Own the City over Winning Time. Wow. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, what's your case for the offer over Star Trek? I think it's better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to the top. <laughs> okay, let me get. Let's say because I, I don't know what Star Trek it. is. It's really... Look, I, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't. Because like, let's let, let me make my case on Star Trek. I like Star Trek. I think Star Trek is great. I think Star Trek: Next Generation is one of my favorite television shows of all time. Is Star Trek: Next Generation on balance good television? Mm, don't ask me that. I don't good. know that it is. I, I don't know that it is great television. Great, I think it's good, it. and it's got like it. it it's it, its format is that it. It's like if you discount the first two seasons, mm-hmm. and just say from season three to season seven, season three to season five, and then the tail end of season seven, pretty great television, especially of its era. Sure. Does it stay? I don't know. And I feel the same thing about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Is it's good Star Trek? It looks good. It's reasonably, but like, is it great television? There's still something a little cringe on this storytelling crew where they write. I, they write things that they make Star Trek characters not sound like Star Trek characters, even though this show felt like Star Trek for the first time in a long time. Some of these characters are just a little too modern feeling. You know, but I don't know, because like What's it's the future. Like, that's the thing is like Chekhov looked like a Mod Squad kid, uh-huh. but he didn't sound like he wasn't like, oh, that's so hip, Daddy O. Uh-huh. Uh, Jimmy T. I can't wait to fucking obey. It's just like, but I feel like some of the characters. This is this is shit that is endemic to disco, where some of these characters sound yeah. like they were written on fucking Tumblr. No, I think disco's garbage. Some shit, but. The strange, strange so, world. You know, is it's like it's, it's, uh, I don't want to damn it with the disco brush. I'm saying there's some dialogue and some of the characters that are written in such a way that they feel contemporary in a way that, like, like, sure, none yeah. of the people in the next generation felt like people from 1980 or 1990. No, no, for God's sake, Picard Not, was listening to classical music and Riker was into jazz. There was no mention of into in jazz. Of, Anything no, nobody from the old series felt like people that were in the 60s. You know, they felt like people that live. And I feel like sometimes in Strange New Worlds, these people feel like, yes, I know you on Twitter. 
sure you know or the, you are this twitch personality or whatever and i think that's that holds it out of the contention of like truly serious television that works on all levels and is not just kind of like you know mm-hmm. like 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 star trek is like saying that like oh this season of wrestling is really good <laughs> if you like wrestling and you're into the yeah, visual yeah. language of wrestling and into the storytelling style of re- then it's pretty fucking good but if any of those things whereas I think, um, you know, like the best signs, like the best f- fantasy, like like the House of Dragon and Game of Thrones, they suck people in outside the, those ecosystems because they're so fucking good. I don't know. I don't think that anyone sits down and watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a Star Trek fan now. How does Star Trek get new fans? Because I'm with you on this. Like, I feel like I, eh, there, there is no... There is no series of Star Trek that I would sit someone down in front of and say, watch this front to back and you will and you will love it the way that I love it. Maybe Rathacon. That'd be how I a single movie. Okay, just show them like the best movie. Rathacon. This is this is this is Star Trek. Uh Because God, you turn on you turn on the next generation and it starts with encounter at far point. That's not a great start. People are going to be biased the against it. Whole, Deep space nine has seasons, move along everyone... home in its first season. Like you're not going to love it. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think this, this is the closest to that thing, but I think that the star Trek gets new fans because there's always lonely nerds that are born and some of them look up, you know, yeah, <laughs> those are the I ones mean, that become that's, star, that's the star Trek fans of Star Trek. The ones me. that look down become dragon nerds, and the ones that look up become space nerds. <laughs> and you know, you you put on pointy ears either as a Vulcan or an elf, and that's that's the oh, which, which way putting this all into the, the metaphor of rings of power is not helping anything. Uh, yeah. So, okay, I, I'm with you. Like Strange New Worlds also had the problem of Spock romance. Uh, throughout this the entire spot, season that, that there, was pretty again, that's that felt so fucking modern that did not feel yeah. I, that those vulcans just feel like horny teenagers like where is the once every seven years kind of bull, like there's right, like the, the vulcans had this alien all, civilization yeah. and it felt like nah this is we're just going to titillate Whatever. people at 21st century. so yeah you're, you're, you're right I'm with you um, and the offer you know um we talked about this earlier felt at times a little just so but how much of that is I, and warranted? also it's one episode too long the offer that that final ep- that finale episode felt like a victory lap that wasn't needed. What was what was the final episode? Them winning the Oscars and oh, doing the award show right, junket right, right. and trying to get the band back together for season two. And it's mostly about um, was it Rudy? What was the the guy's name? The main guy? Him trying to get his next his, the movie he actually cared about the the Longest Yard. Him getting mm, that yeah, made yeah. with Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. I want to know. Sure. I want you to set up for for season two of The Godfather or Godfather two, but yeah. So I feel like they should have made it one. It should have ended with the premiere. Gotcha. And yeah. then it should have just done probably one of the classic like you know pictures of people and what happened to them and where they went on to <laughs> right. next and all that. And that whole last episode is a little weak. I felt the back half of the season was a little weak. Yeah, I mean, like everything I, so after, much of it that you want to uh, see is like the trials and tribulations of getting the thing made, right? So when it gets made, right. then it becomes kind of boring. Uh, yeah, all the stuff that was there was some stuff that was good making. I really like again. I really like the mental image of a studio full of gangsters screening Godfather for the first time. Yep, but there was yeah those last three. I feel like everything that happened after 
uh, Giovanni Rabisi got mm. exits to show was a little toe tapping and or not toe tapping fingers fingers drumming. Huh. All right, um, finger drumming. But you would twiddling finger twiddling. But you would put it above Strange New Worlds. I think I would too. Yes, I think that's fair. Strange New Worlds had similar missteps and oh yeah, narrative dead ends. And then Winning Time. Uh, oh no, we own the city. I put that over Winning Time. Okay, well, just no because contest. David Simon is the goat, and sure, it's uh, uh, yeah, everything else I'm fine with. Might have ourselves okay. a list. You want to you want to run down our top ten here? <sighs> Severance consensus bald move number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jim Call number two <laughs> Better Call Saul. Uh, the Bear. Is the Aaron Aaron forcing <laughs> four? <laughs> is the Andor with the Jim forcing mm-hmm. and five Hot D the reluctant Aaron forcing? Uh, this yeah, this is the most divided we've ever been on a list. I, it's got to be yeah. I don't know. Anyway, and then you got also you know, like Stranger I, Things for all mankind. The offer of Strange New Worlds, and we own the city, rounding out the top ten. The top ten. Yep. There we go. All right. Uh, what's next? Next category. <laughs> 